Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and today I want to talk to you about career development, which is a topic that I think has been very hot and popular and topical, if you will, inside the talent development and learning and development worlds. Now, part of the reason I may think that is because it's where I focus a lot of my energy these days and what I've been thinking a lot about. And so that's where I tend to drive some of the conversations or many of the conversations I have with L&D leaders. But as I've said in the past, and you may have noticed as well, I feel like it's something that has come up even without me bringing it up Quite often lately, a lot of people in our community and with L&D professionals that I've been meeting with here at at different industries and companies have brought this up as as a concern and a thing that they're still working on because of things like the great reshuffle, great resignation, a lot more opportunities and changes for employees in different companies. And, you know, things have just broadly been changing in the working world. And I think as we progress and more and more people from Gen Z and the early younger millennials start to take on more roles within organizations, you're seeing more of their preferences come to the surface and, and influence the way organizations are doing things. And one of the things that I've, I've long seen and held is that those younger workers, or at least those from the later part of the millennial generation and Gen Z, the number one thing they want is career growth. They want to know, when I take a job, how am I going to grow? How am I going to be able to not necessarily move up, but advance, grow, learn in my career. What am I going to be able to accomplish? How is this going to help me achieve other things in my career later on? And what sort of purpose will I be part of, right? And as well as, you know, some other peripheral things like, you know, what is the company doing to make the better world a better place? You know, what's your DEI policies? What's culture like, right? These are things that people more and more seem to really care about and, and companies need to address. And that's not to say that 
everybody doesn't care about their own career development and growing in their careers. I'm just saying that I think it's being pushed more and influenced more by these younger millennials and Gen Z who are who are in coming into the workforce and taking on more positions. Now, I wanted to talk to you today about this idea of career development and specifically, how are you addressing the need for some of your workers? And really to ask the question, what are your people thinking about when it comes to this topic? Are they happy and fulfilled in their careers? Because if not, they're going to be looking somewhere else, right? There, there's never been a better time to look for another job. You know, some measures as, as I'm releasing this in early August of 2022, certainly there are many people talking about the potential that we may be entering a recession here in the United States. There are some measures that say that the job market might be slowing down a little bit, just like the housing market is slowing down a little bit. And yet at the same time, I still see lots of people moving around, jobs being filled very quickly, just as houses are still selling, right? Not quite at the record rate they were before, but it's still happening. And unemployment is still at an all-time low. So that means it's still hard to find good people, and there's still lots of roles that are that are going unfilled, which means there's still just as much pressure to keep your best people, right? To hold on to those best people, which is why we need to be figuring out what are they thinking about and what do we need to do to hold on to our best people? And now I'll tell you, this conversation was what what spurred this conversation, why I wanted to talk to you about this today. It's not just that I think career development is a hot topic or an important topic, one that I've certainly been focused on a lot since I published my book a couple of years ago. But I had a conversation last week with an experienced professional at a large, well-known tech company. I won't say what company it was, but if I said the name of this company, I, you would know the name, right? You would know who, what this company is. You've heard of it. And, you know, generally it's regarded as a company that a lot of people want to go work for. This person had come from a background in other really well-known companies and, and came here in what she thought was going to be a pretty impactful position and instead has been kind of frustrated because she doesn't feel like there's an opportunity to move up. You know, there's no roles ahead of her that are open. Her boss I think was originally supposed to be moving on somewhere and has changed their mind and is not moving. And there doesn't seem to be opportunities to move up. There also doesn't really seem to be many opportunities for growth in this role, even like into lateral type things, taking on different projects. And she told me that she's feeling rather unappreciated. She didn't actually say it in those words. What she said was that it didn't seem like she's putting all this work into running this part of the organization and it didn't seem like that work was very much appreciated. It didn't seem like anybody really cared that much about it, quite frankly. And I'm sure some of you have been in this type of position before, and it can be really, really frustrating. And I acknowledged it right away. I said, oh, you must be really frustrated in this role. And I addressed what I think is the big issue for her. And she put a great face on it. She didn't tell me, you know, I'm miserable, I'm trying to leave, anything like that. But I could tell she was quite frustrated. And I've been in this position before, and I know some of you have as well. And I've talked about this on the podcast in the past, and I certainly talk about it with many clients and, you know, in different sessions that I do, that, you know, most fulfillment is driven by growth and contribution, right? Some combination of those two things. You could have all of one or all of the other, but hopefully you have a, a good mix of growth and contribution. So that means that, you have opportunities to grow, whatever that means, either you're striving to get a promotion and move up, or you're learning new things, you're taking on hard projects and developing new skills, 
you're able to qualify for and make, you know, sort of lateral moves that will add to your resume, whatever it may be, you feel like you have the opportunity and the potential to grow in your career. And that growth, when you're doing new things on a regular basis and you feel like you are growing as a person and a professional, that drives fulfillment, right? When you think about all the times you felt really fulfilled and great in the work that you're doing, there's a good chance that that was driven by growth. You felt like you were growing at the time. You were not stagnant, right? You felt like, oh, I'm learning new things. Like, this is really exciting. It's scary, but it's exciting and I'm growing. That drives a lot of fulfillment. The other driver of fulfillment is contribution. Do you feel like your work is appreciated? Do you feel like you're making a difference? Do you feel like the organization values the work you do? And as I mentioned in this conversation with this person, she didn't feel like her work is appreciated, right? It doesn't feel like her boss or others are really doing something with the work she's doing, even though she feels like it is making a difference, it is important, but no one seems to really appreciate it. And therefore, she may not be getting much from that contribution bucket that drives fulfillment as well. And when I brought that up, she was kind of like, yeah, you, you, like you nailed it. I'm not really feeling that fulfilled because of these things. Right. She absolutely recognized it. And then we talked about, you know, I asked her, is this something that is unique to you? Is it common for this group that you're in? Or do you think organization wide, company wide, this is something that a lot of people are dealing with? And she said, well, I think that it's common for the division or the business unit or the group that I'm in because of the culture and the way it's set up but not so much for the company at large. Company at large is known for being a great company to work for. Lots of people want to work there and lots of people are really happy in their careers there, right? So it's not a it's not an endemic issue for an entire company, but it's a challenge for a pretty significant division or business unit or group in that company where a lot of people probably feel a little bit frustrated, a little bit stagnant, a little bit unappreciated or underappreciated in their careers. And you know, that's part of the culture because it focuses on one thing, doesn't like really appreciate companies. She felt like managers are not having enough conversations with their people to talk to them about what they need or where they want to go in their career and, you know, not really knowing what people want. And the company wants people to stay, she said, experiencing attrition in this group, right? Higher than normal attrition in this group. So, we have this issue where a lot of people, because of the way the culture is set up, don't feel like they have growth opportunities and don't really feel appreciated or like they're contributing. And this group also has higher attrition than other parts of the organization. A strong correlation here, which is something that you know I always suspect and talk to clients about, that you know if you don't have those things and people don't feel fulfilled, and we live in a time where it's been easier than ever to go get another job or at least go look for another job, right? Go onto LinkedIn or even other social media platforms, apply online, you know, work your connections, whatever it may be. You know, you've got the great, the fuel for the great resignation and you've got fuel for higher attrition, right? It's going to drive higher attrition. People are not going to sit around unless they've got, you know, stock options or just it. Some companies and cultures just tend to drive higher loyalty than others, right? But unless that's in place, they're going to go look for another job, right? So you've got to do something about this. You can't just let this go on. And so you've got to find out, A, is this an issue or a challenge for your organization? And B, what can you do about it? So first, you need to find out what's going on. Now, the number one thing, indicator that I'm, you know, I'm hearing as L&D professionals are reporting this to me is, is, number one, they can look at the actual data and attrition numbers and see that attrition is up 
compared with, say, the previous year or previous two or three years. They can look at attrition compared with the rest of the industry and look at attrition for maybe one business unit or division compared with the rest of the company. If you can see that attrition is higher than it has been in the past and or it's higher than average for the industry and or higher than average for the company, then you might have a challenge that you want to do something about. And then you've got to find out, okay, why is this happening? You know, is this something that it's, it's industry wide or is it something for your group to deal with? Then I'm hearing people talking to me about exit interviews, right? Those interviews and conversations that companies are doing with people who are leaving the organization, which first of all, most of those I hear are not even done that well, right? Because the question is maybe not asked in the right way. They're not having a conversation at the right time. So they may not even be gathering great data. But when they do, most of the time people say that they didn't feel like they had great career growth opportunities, right? They, they, they didn't feel like they could grow in their career. You know, they might report have got a better opportunity than another company. And that may well be true. And it's possible that a company just off straight up offered them more money than they're making today. But most people don't leave because of money, right? They leave because of their manager or they leave because of the culture or they leave because of the lack of growth opportunities. They don't feel like they're going anywhere in their career. And so I'm hearing that from organizations. Now, there's nothing you can do really to save those people who are leaving, right? They have already made the decision to leave and now you're having that conversation and that's great. So what can you do? In addition to those exit interviews, you can do stay conversations, right? These are the conversations that you have with people who are in the organization and have not yet expressed any intent to leave. I know many of you have come around and have started doing these. I had an interview on the podcast recently with my friend Liz Heathwood from EY down in Australia talking about how they had conducted a bunch of stay conversations recently with partners and leaders in the organization. I've talked to other people who have been conducting those in their companies as well. This is a great way to find out, A, you know, take a pulse of how people are thinking and feeling, and B, you know, find out who might be thinking about leaving and why, right? If they're willing to share, they're thinking about leaving, why are they thinking about leaving or why are they staying? What's great about their situation right now and what's challenging or frustrating about their situation right now? And these things are hard to do. You got to have people available to do it, resources, etc. But you can really learn a lot from these conversations, gain a lot of information that can help drive you know, your ability to get sponsorship for certain programs and implement certain programs that can help you improve your retention and engagement and, and all that sort of stuff. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat Podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Now, in addition to the state interviews, uh, another thing you can be doing, which most organizations are doing, are polling, right? Pulse surveys, polls, whatever you want to, engagement surveys, whatever you want to call it. And I also speak with clients and, and L&D professionals about what they're hearing and seeing from those polls, those pulse surveys, engagement surveys. And often they're reporting that the number one or number two thing that people say they want more of is 
growth and development. You, you got it, right? Right up your alley. It's right there in your wheelhouse and what you're doing, right? Take this to the bank. Show your, your sponsors, your executives, your leaders, your C-suite. This is what people want. We need to invest in this. But where? How? Why? What specifically do people want? Because they're also saying they're busier than ever. They don't have time for development, right? I think the missed connection is the point where employees sit down and know what they want and managers are having a conversation to support them, right? These are the things that are really not happening because we can't just throw well, here's more training, here's more classes, you have LinkedIn learning, like what else do you want? It needs to address specific goals, objectives, challenges, and needs. And that involves figuring out what people truly want on both sides for people themselves, right? You yourself have to know what you want so that you can go get it. And for your manager and leaders to guide you, right? And so this is where we need to really get curious and talk to people. We, we talked about the engagement surveys. We talked about the exit interviews. But just getting curious and talking to people, you know, listening sessions could work. Go to your ERGs and just talk to people and find out, you know, how do you think it's going for you and your career? What about your colleagues? What are you hearing? What's the thing that people are most excited and happy about? And what do they love about this organization? What are people most frustrated about right now? What, what do people want more of? for their careers. And then you got to encourage managers to have more of these conversations and get curious, right? The managers don't need to have advice for every situation. They don't need to tell people where to go in their careers or what to do next. Managers just need to be there to get curious, to ask questions, to listen, and to provide some guidance when it's requested, when people are asking them for guidance and help in their careers to help them move up and, and figure out where they can go next, what they want to do, right? And then the organization needs to look and provide more growth opportunities, right? So it can't just be on the manager, right? What is the company doing to provide more opportunities? So uh, let me go back to something I shared a few weeks back, which is the three pillars of successful career development and growth. And I did a full episode on this, published it back on June 28th. So just a few episodes back, that was episode 321. Uh, it was a solo episode called The Three Pillars of Successful Career Development and Growth. If you haven't listened to that, I recommend you go back and check that out because I expand on this conversation to talk more about what drives fulfillment and growth, what people are looking for, and what my three pillars of successful career development and growth are. And I want to share those with you again now as a reminder, because it ties into all of this. Number one is that company, the company, the organization needs to provide the tools, the pathways, and the resources for employees to be successful in their careers. So that means, are there places where employees can go? Are there ways for them to move up? Are there different types of roles they can move into? Are there hypo programs? Are there rotation programs? If you're a big organization, could they take assignments in different places? Are there ways for them to take on project roles in different types of projects or situations that maybe aren't directly aligned with the work they're doing today, but maybe allows them to explore different types of work so that they can kind of scratch an itch, right? And see if they want to work in a different field, a different part of the organization. Are there ways you can provide opportunities for them to do different things, to try different things, to understand their values and, and what they might want in their career, maybe to develop in certain areas or help them figure out where they want to develop? And then are you providing them development opportunities, right? Whether it be something like a LinkedIn Learning or Udemy 
Access or Coursera? Are there other resources, a platform? Are there training programs they can sign up for, classes, certifications, tuition reimbursement, all that sort of stuff that I know all of you know more about than I do, right? And are providing those things. But do people have access? Do they know how to get them? And do they know what it is that they should be spending their time on paying their attention to and how to get access to those things. So that's the first pillar. And and along with that, you know, a lot of organizations now are looking at creating more talent mobility and even like a true talent marketplace. And I've talked with L&D professionals from different companies in different industries who are in different places on the spectrum from they've already developed that talent marketplace. You know, I'm working with one company right now who has I invested in a platform, develop the talent marketplace. They have a place for everybody to go, a portal, if you will, to figure out, to find a mentor, to develop, you know, define their career path, to figure out how to get to certain places, to find roles that might fit their skills after they've done an assessment, all that sort of stuff. And they're using, working with me and using my training program, the Own Your Career program, to help with the mindset piece to really teach people how to own their career so that they go in and take advantage of those resources. So, and then I talk to companies that are just thinking about developing the talent marketplace and creating more talent mobility and some that are in the works and some that are haven't even thought about it yet. Everybody's in a different spectrum in different places on the spectrum on this. So the first pillar is organizations providing tools, resources, and pathways for people to advance in their careers. The second pillar is managers providing coaching, guidance, and really just being there to talk with people to have those career conversations. This is a big piece that's missing, right? A lot of managers are not having those conversations at all. I mentioned earlier, my friend who I spoke with, who's in a large tech company, said in her division, those manager conversations don't seem to really be happening. One of the big problems there is that most managers either don't know how to have the conversation Well, really, that's the big one, right? They don't know how to have the conversation and therefore they're intimidated. They're afraid to have the conversation because they're afraid that the employee is going to ask them for something that they can't provide or ask them for guidance, advice on what they should do in their career. They don't know what that person should be doing. So either they don't know how to have the conversation, they're not prepared, they're not skilled, they're intimidated or scared, or they just don't even think about it because they are so busy with their own job and career, and they're not hearing from their employees asking them for those career conversations, so they're not happening. And what we need is for those career conversations to happen more often, not all the time, but at least once, twice, three, four times a year, quarterly, I think is ideal, right? Just check in on how things are going with this role and the career and and where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do next? And for managers to be able to put their ego aside and support their people fully in what they might want to do with their careers with the faith and understanding that that's going to work out well for them as well, because they'll develop a reputation as someone who develops people, who helps people grow in their careers, and therefore they will attract more talent as a result. And that and that'll also cement their legacy as someone who helps others. And we all know, I talked about this in the past, we remember those managers, those leaders who have helped us in our careers. We never forget those people. They are part of our story. And, you know, I ask people sometimes, like, who helped you in your career? People tell stories, gives me goosebumps. That's a legacy. That's a legacy that you can leave as a leader, as a manager, if you're willing to put your ego aside and put your people's interests ahead of yours and just try to help them advance in their career. You know what that means? They might move into another place, another realm, another team, another company, another type of job, whatever it may be, right? Just help them and they'll remember you forever. And it'll help you attract more people in the long run and become a better leader as a result. But what people want is they just want someone to talk to, right? To 
voice their questions and concerns and goals and objectives and things they're thinking about. And having a manager and or mentor who can talk with them can be really, really valuable and can save a lot of people from leaving because a lot of people are, again, feeling stagnant. They feel like they're on a plateau. They don't know where they're going next. And they're not having that conversation with their manager. Now, the third pillar of successful career development and growth is employees taking ownership of their careers. So it's not a one-way street. It's not all about the company and the managers telling people what they can do and where to go and coddling people, right? We need employees to own their careers. That means that they take full responsibility, that they sit down in the driver's seat, the proverbial driver's seat, that they spend time in self-reflection, gaining self-awareness, understanding who they are and where they want to go, understanding their values. They do self-assessments. They really start to think about their vision for where they want to go in their careers, get really crystal clear on that, um, starting setting specific goals, and are willing to be proactive and setting that meaning with their managers so that they are having that conversation. They don't need to wait for their managers. The managers love that, right? The people, their, their employees come to them and say, hey, can we talk about my career. I'd love to talk to you about where I'm going, what I'm doing, and maybe get some of your advice or maybe not even advice. Just want to talk to you about it, right? And see if you have any ideas that can help me. We need employees to take ownership of their careers. I think that is a game changer right there. And that's why I'm spending most of my time in this area, teaching employees to take ownership of their careers. And I'm doing this primarily via keynote talks that I'm doing in companies. And I have a training program as well as some consulting because I believe that if and when people take ownership of their careers and they take full responsibility, then they are willing to sit down to be proactive, to go to their manager and talk about the things that they want and get some guidance. And, you know, it may not always work out perfectly, but it saves, I think, a lot of those positions, those situations where people are feeling a little bit frustrated, a little bit confused. They don't know where they're going. And since they're not getting guidance from their manager and they're not being proactive and having those conversations. They're going on LinkedIn instead, and they're finding another job. And I think if they work in a large company, like the one I was talking about earlier, there are so many opportunities for them if they're just willing to have that conversation, right? Or a conversation, any conversation, and, and to explore some of the places where they could go, because there might be 10,000 other roles that are available, not like open recs right now, right? But possibilities if they're willing to go have that conversation and explore. And that is what we want. We want more conversations. We want more proactivity. We want people to take the initiative and go figure out what they want in their career and go out and try to get it. And chances are they can go do that within the company they already work for, which will increase engagement and fulfillment and therefore reduce attrition and increase retention, which is what we really want, right? Which saves the company tons and tons of money, improves productivity, financial results, all that sort of stuff. That's where this all comes in. It all comes back to the three pillars and finding out what people want and need and providing them guidance and the ability to be successful in their careers, which is all people want at the end of the day. They want to feel happy and fulfilled in their career. And you being in a talent development role have an opportunity to help them with that. And that's what this is all about. Now, if you want my help, feel free to reach out to me. As I mentioned, I do a lot of speaking. I have a training program. I speak to managers as well, but I have lots of great connections in the industry of other people that do things in this realm. And I'd love to just speak with you about what you're working on and, and see if I can help. But even if you don't, you know, reach out to other people, start to have the conversations internally, find out what you need to do and what your people want. We're also having more conversations about these types of things inside the talent development think tank community that I run. And if you're not a member of that community, would love for you to come join us. We have calls every Wednesday on different topics. 
Recently, we had calls, topics like evaluating needs for new programs, community building, creating psychological safety, learning technology, uh, sharing tools. We talked about Web3 for L&D. We had a conversation about the impact of bias in performance management. We had a call led by our member Jess Omley on taking a consultative approach to learning. We had a call on talent mobility and career development, very relevant to this conversation that we're having today. We had a conversation on leading and growing L&D teams run by our member Megan Gage. Uh, we had a call with the author and speaker Michael Bungay Stanier about how to begin and achieve worthy goals. We had a call just last week run by our member Pete Leckenby on influencing stakeholders that was really popular. And he shared a two by two matrix for people to be really, really thinking about where do you fall with regards to influence with certain stakeholders and influential people in your organization? Are you in a position to influence, which is based on the amount of trust and relationship sort of capital you have with them, as well as your knowledge or perceived knowledge of that subject and where you fall in that? I did a post on LinkedIn about that. Check that out. And then coming up tomorrow, this week, as I release this, we have an open forum call. We're going to be talking about onboarding, which is a big factor, right? In people's happiness and perception of an organization. How does the onboarding process go, right? How do they feel when they're coming in? Are they treated well? Or is it like you got all this treatment, you know, you treat it well during the hiring process. And then once you're in, like, here's a laptop, good luck, right? What does that onboarding process look like? Coming up, we have conversation, one being led by our member Travis Dommert on developing your leaders into talent magnets, which, ooh, addresses that second pillar that we talked about today. Are your managers great leaders? Are they having conversations with their talent magnets? We also have a call coming up led by our member Adam Piendis on trust and resilience in the workplace, which certainly impacts what we are talking about. And we have a call coming up led by our member Tracy Contu on different career paths in L&D. So if you're thinking about your own L&D career, this will be a good one. We've got one coming up on revamping performance management, a call coming up on professional development trends in L&D. We've got a call coming up on understanding motivation. We've got one coming up on how to win the war for talent with learning and skilling. We have one coming up on the intersection of DEI and talent development. And we also have one coming up on successful career development with uh, Orieji Agwu, Aroha Agwu, who was on the podcast last week. So we have a lot of great calls coming up. This is the place to be if you work in talent development. And it's not just about the calls and the topics. It's about connecting with other L&D professionals to hear what they're working on, to hear what they've been successful with, what they're challenged with, to learn from each other and help you get your job done more effectively. In addition to those calls, we have a Slack channel to share resources. We have recordings of all the calls as well. If you're not a member, come join us. Our website to check everything out is tdtt.us. That's tdtt as in talent development, think tank.us. You can also reach out to me if you have questions about speaking, about the community, about anything. My email is andy at andystorch.com, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you and I will talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.